and welcome, folks, to another episode of I am one of your hosts this week, Chris Peterson. So glad you're joining us. Join with me as always is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the world, around the internet? I'm ready to digest some entertainment. Chris, it's been a couple weeks. We got a lot of topics to hit, and uh, just the world's on fire. But you know what? I feel, Chris, I feel like we're getting better. Things are starting to film. You know what I mean? There's some yep. buzz. There's some news around the world. They're filming this. They're filming that. Can't wait, dude. No, I love it. I love it. A lot of things going on. So, folks, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, what Ben and I like to do is basically bring to you, you know, a couple, you know, interesting stories, tidbits, news items in the world of entertainment. What are we being entertained by right now? And we bring it to this podcast to discuss. But the kicker is I have no idea what Ben has in store for me. And he's got no idea what I've got on my mind. So everything that you're hearing um, is truly spontaneous and genuine conversation. So, Ben, kick it off, my man. What do you got this week? All right. Well, we're going to cheat a little this week. We're going to cheat because I think I saw this on uh, the Facebook that you posted something about the movie called The Little Things. So Mm. this is the second film that HBO bought off of Warner Brothers, I believe. The first one being Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, boy. And I don't know the deal, you know, I could I could Google it or whatever. People can Google it out there. I don't care. Over $100 million for these movies. And I think it's like 20 movies or something like that. And I know you can calculate all you want. Yes, they're up for awards. And yes, they're making another Wonder Woman. But in my book, these first two movies were such stinkers. <laughs> and... Let's let's go through the Ben Frawley method of movie watching, okay, Chris? Please, I, please. I've done this. I've done this a billion times. You know it, but let's just go for it through it for the people. You got good movies, right? Think of like I don't know, like classic Casablanca or yep. like you know uh, Citizen Kane, Wizard of Oz, whatever's on your top. You know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. amazing movies. Like I, I just rewatched Whiplash, one of my faves. I love that oh, movie. Like uh, top. You know what I mean? Just great films, right? Those exactly. are fours, four out of fours. Then on the other side of the spectrum. You got movies like Invasion USA with Chuck Norris, American <laughs> Ninja 2 with uh, Michael Dudikoff. You got amazing movies that you just love watching, but they're just shitty. I love those movies, right? Mm-hmm. And right in the middle, you got the zeros. And yeah. this movie was as close to a zero that I've seen in a long time. The cast is out of control. It is the MVP cast. It's like the Madden 94 all-star cast of movies. Mm-hmm. I mean... You got Denzel, you got Jared Leto, you got, uh, speaking of The Wire, <laughs> you got some some awesome ca- like characters in this movie, like, like character actors in this movie, and this movie did nothing. It sat there, had a lot of potential, and they, I don't know, I got a couple theories, Chris, what were your thoughts on this movie? This movie so dearly wanted to be directed by David Fincher. You could oh. just, you could just tell throughout this movie... I, I don't even know the director's name. I haven't even looked it up. That they they just they just steal so much from Fincher. It's not even funny. And I I was bored. I was bored. Um, I'll be honest with you. I really don't like Jared Leto as an actor. I think there are people that do things with genuine um, effort, and you and you see like the heart, so to speak, that they're putting into these roles. I feel like Leto likes to be crazy and and zany just to be crazy and zany. Like I don't respect the man's process. And the fact that he's getting so much award buzz, like he's already been nominated 
for both a Golden Globe and a SAG Award and will most likely get nominated for an Oscar for this performance. Oh, and my I don't, God. Are you I serious? Don't, I don't see it. And usually, you know, you and I are pretty good, you know, judges of these things where if, if people get nominated, you know, even though that might not be our top five for the nominations, we could say, okay, I can see where most of are coming it. from. Right. I can, I can, right, right. With Leto, I'm like, I don't see it at all. And I, I'm just so insulted by this. But yeah, no, I was bored. The writing was weird. It was poorly edited. Like the movie just felt like it was jumping all over the place. And I don't know. I felt like you, you wasted, you know, I, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know how old Denzel is. Um, I think he's like in his early mid sixties, probably. But yeah. I, I, you know, just like a, just like a, you know, athlete in his prime or something like that. You wonder yourself, how many more years are we going to get good Denzel? And was it was he wasted in this movie? And I think he was. And I think I think, I think he this, was too. Yeah, I think this movie is one of those things, Ben, where it's like if you're an actor that's like getting ready to sign on to this thing, it probably looked a, bit, a lot better on paper than the finished product. But um, yeah, it was all. I I was just I was just bored. Yeah, it was. Well, Katie definitely fell asleep. And you know us. We love – I mean, we're going through Hannibal again. Love that show. And we're going mm-hmm. through like – you know, we love true crime. We love serial killer and crime drama, all that stuff. And let me tell you, this was so boring. It starts off – you know what? I, I just feel like this movie is instantly aged. Right when it started, it was so aged. It seemed like it was made in 1987, like right away. Right. It seemed like the intro – like the girls getting chased by the guy in the car – it seemed like the intro to Psycho 3 or something. I mean, it seemed so <laughs> aged that I was like already this main character. Like it almost like looked like the setup of like a Friday the 13th movie. Right. Like the girl's running away from a bad guy and runs in front of the truck. I was like, what? And then that never pays off. Like the, the intro never pays off. So here's my theory, Chris. I'm going to throw these guys a bone. You ready? Yeah. Throw them a bone. I think they started filming this movie. And they, you know, a lot of movies are filmed out of order. I'm just going to put this out there. And I didn't do any research because I didn't really care to. <laughs> um, and maybe they filmed the middle parts with the, 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 you know, all the parts in the station, like in the middle. Maybe they couldn't get Leto until like the end or something like that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they wrapped on filming at the middle, but then COVID hit and they had to wrap the end of the beginning. Because let me tell you that the last 25 minutes of this movie are so ludicrous and stupid and then the first intro scene is so stupid. The middle part about Denzel's character when he's going to the crime scene, that was probably the most interesting part of this movie. And right. it felt like you had something there and that nothing paid off. If I know anything about screenwriting and movies, you have to have everything pay off. You know, if you leave something that's not paid off, it better be it it better be like we never see in the box at the end of seven. It better be a purpose. There there yeah. better be something that is so on point that audiences get it but this movie left everything hanging nothing paid off denzel's relationship with the new guy um who's the who's the main character i mean queen oh, guy. remy remy malik remy malik that relationship never paid off his character was completely stupid for getting in the car with this potential serial killer who's drive didn't make any sense whatsoever and then jared leto's character never paid off nope he was just a guy that messed with the police the whole i it didn't make any sense. Like, and there was no kind of cliffhanger. Like, oh, maybe he was the killer. It wasn't, and it tried to be so super slick. And by the end of the movie with the red beret, 
it was so obvious. You were just ready to turn the fucking thing off. I was just so done with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it lifted so much from Seven and Zodiac, and like I said, you know, when it comes to film noir and kind of these murder mystery things, you know, David Fincher is on on a level that you know no one can really touch, and you know, just like anytime someone wants to try to do like a Spielberg type movie or a Hitchcock type movie and just falls very short in, in the homage, I guess. Uh, this is what I felt like. This is what that movie was. It was like trying so hard to be one of those type of movies that they couldn't figure it out when it's a very easy formula to, to do and be good. And uh, it just, I, the second I started watching this, I was like, this isn't going anywhere. And I turned to my wife and I was like, are, are you into this? And she, she was like under the impression that it was, there was going to be this big dramatic thing at the end that was going to be worth it. And I was like, I don't think there is. And by the end of the movie, she was just as pissed off as I was. So it it, it strung you along so much and so long that it's just, you got angry. I was angry at the end of this movie. I was so pissed and just, you know what, Chris, we talk about on this podcast, the point of our podcast, right. Is to save people time, right? It's always to save people time. There's so much media out there. And how dare these assholes <laughs> give <laughs> us Wonder Woman 1984 and this hunk of shit. I mean, my God, HBO. I mean, I I guess you don't know what you're paying for, but poof, Get, brutal. Yeah, this whole this whole slot of movies uh, it needs to get better real quick because so far it, it just hasn't been. And, and it's one of those like we we deserve good stuff and so far you know some companies are delivering disney's doing a good job right now netflix is they're 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 um you know new movie new content like round is just about to start so yeah. um you know hbo max you know they, they made a huge deal about this you know warner brothers thing uh it is not not lived up yet no so. i i you know i was trying to think of like like you were you were talking about like crime drama and true true you know we talked about true documentary fiction true crime documentary fiction sorry nonfiction mm. and um how much that's peaking right now crime drama and all the documentaries I put a, uh, put you know put on the podcast um, they're just peaking and this movie I'm trying to think of the worst Law and Order SVU episode I can think of. <laughs> Like the worst, like the, oh, Stabler's going to go off the chain again. That's going to get him back in. The worst SVU episode was better than this hunk of shit. Yeah. I was so angry, and you can just tell from my language. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Good stuff, though. Let's, let's, let's actually, you know what? I'm glad you brought this up because that actually segues nicely into my first topic. Uh, let's talk about a streaming service that's doing it the right way right now. That's, and that's Disney+. Plus. Yeah, um, baby. You know, I remember you and I when we first when Disney Plus first came out, you and I both said like, you know what, it's good good to check it out initially, but maybe I'll cancel my membership for nine months or, and I'll come back to it next year and things like that. And um, I'm glad I didn't do that to be quite honest. With you. I stayed with it, but now it feels like if if you don't have Disney Plus right now, folks, you're you really are missing out. And I want to talk about uh, Wandavision because. Yeah. <clears throat> I know we mentioned it a couple podcasts ago about how good it is and how confusing it was. And, you know, now we're a couple weeks later and, you know, the, the picture is becoming clearer. But my God, the last episode that we had last week dropped a literal bombshell on the entire MCU. Uh, such a small moment 
uh, time-wise, but in terms of its significance, uh, really, you know, it changes the entire game. And obviously, I'm going to put some spoiler alerts on this thing. But yeah, at the at, at the end of the episode, Ben. But first of all, have you seen the latest episode? I, I don't want to spoil anything for you. <laughs> of, course, of course. Okay. Just Are you sure. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to like. I have to not look at the internet until I watch the latest episode of WandaVision. Well, so this is what I'm glad you said that because I'm, this is why I hate everything because <laughs> as, as the moderator of a blog and I have to constantly work on social media, posting stuff every now and then some asshole will put like spoilers about WandaVision and then like do the right thing about like putting the dashes below. So you don't see the description, right, right. but what the asshole forgets is that he puts a picture of the moment in the post. So as I was scrolling down, spoiler alert again, all of a sudden I see a picture of Quicksilver from X-Men standing next to Wanda. And I'm like, okay, grip, that's over. Like yeah. I can't even, can't even see the picture and take it out of context. Um, they put it literally. And by the way, this guy got roasted online for that, by the way. So I was very happy about that. Good. Good. It was like that. It was like that. Um, Leroy, jo- you know, Johnson moment from, you know, uh, League of Legends, oh. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh uh, no! Uh, Le- sorry. Uh, sorry, my nerd, my nerddom's going to correct you. It's Leroy Jenkins from Leroy World Jenkins. of Warcraft. <laughs> it's like remember how that guy got hated on? Leroy like, Jenkins. <laughs> like that guy did that move with the spoiler, and everybody just piled on. But anyway, oh, God damn it, Leroy! Screw that guy. Screw that guy. Um, but Ben, yes. huge moment seeing Quicksilver from the X Men um, on a MCU product. People lost their flipping minds, uh, as they should, because this, first of all, no one knows what it means. Uh, is this a right. gateway now to the X-Men coming into the MCU? Who knows? I mean, what was your take when you saw Quicksilver and WandaVision? So there's a couple things. I know we talked a couple weeks ago about Wanda and how she plays in the comics, and it's going to be a little different. Of course, they're already setting stuff up, but I think we're already getting a taste of how powerful she is. Mm-hmm. So, so you know how Thanos, when he got the reality stone from the collector, the red stone, how he was able to turn star Lord's gun into bubbles. Remember that? Right. Yep. Yep. He, he literally can alter reality. I mean, if you try to mess with him, he can just do it. Just like when he had the time stone, he could go, he could just go back in time bring vision back and rip the, the the power stone out of his head. I mean, it's, it's when, so her power is as powerful as the reality stone. Okay. So right now you get a sense that she kind of doesn't know her power. Like she's, it still pains her to kind of like control everything. Um, It's not perfect. Some people can kind of wonk out of it. Vision can kind of get people out of it too, depending on what you believe vision is. Is it just mm-hmm. a, a, a piece of imagination from her, like brought to reality? Is it she, did she somehow reconstruct him from his corpse? I mean, there's a lot going on, but so Chris, what are your theories about Wanda's power? And is she a good guy or a bad guy at this point? Oh man. Um, <laughs> I, I think she has no idea. I think it's one of those situations where she has no idea what she's actually doing. Like she she's in her own miniature reality within her head. I think she knows what she's doing, but she can't see beyond that to see the impact that she's having on others. Um, 
which is why like <clears throat> I think the rest of the people in the town are so weird. Like that moment when like Vision reaches in that guy's head and for a bl- you know brief second he kind of comes out of the that trance, so to speak. Um very haunting, by the way. And yeah. uh yeah. So that's that's what I think it is. And I still don't know what vision is. Um, you know, is it is it a weekend at Bernie's situation? Like is she But if it was but if it was a weekend at Bernie's, why would he fight back? See, that's what I don't I don't if know. If he's just an animated yeah. corpse on a string, then why Bernie I mean, of course, as we know from the amazing Weekend at Bernie's and Weekend at Bernie's too. That you could just make Bernie do anything. But but if you remember, Chris, in Weekend at Bernie's too, when they start playing the voodoo music, he dances right. away. So <laughs> we could. <laughs> it's an underrated movie that Weekend at Bernie's. Yes, too, it is. yes, it is. I, you know, it'd be great if Andrew McCarthy made a cameo on this show. That, oh my God! If he does, I'm done. I'm done. Or the other guy. If you pull the other guy's name out right now, I swear to God, Chris. Jonathan Silverman. Oh no. Yeah, that's John. What? The other guy in Wicked at Bernie's? Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Silverman. God damn it, Chris, you're the best. <laughs> so there you go. So you think that Wanda? So are Sword good guys? Ooh, I think. Are they just Sword... trying to help out? Or are they just like a <clears throat> subdivision of like Shield? I think I think Sword is the subdivision of Shield that. Um, you know, is making mistakes as they go along. Like I think it's that new, that new sector, if you will, that really has yet to be defined and yet to really, perhaps, get it right. I I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, there's a couple questions I have. So it is, and I don't know the answer to this because this has kind of gone off in a different realm. So the reason why I didn't want to spoil anything is I knew that this moment was going to happen where we are going to find out that at least Wanda is not so good right <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know what that means yet but that's what i didn't want to spoil like a couple weeks ago so now that we know that either she's out of control and she's used her power she doesn't know how to control it or she's being controlled by an outside force we don't know that yet either mm-hmm. we don't know if there's a subdivision of hydra because one of the commercials had hydra in it um but also she worked for hydra so that might just be in her brain right right um sh- you know just showing it i but Chris, the the big picture of this is we're entering phase four. We are in phase four. And I love the start of it. I love how it's more heady stuff. I love how we can have a superhero that once was a superhero be a little evil or misguided or misdirected. And you have to actually think about what's going on on the screen. And like I said a couple weeks ago, we can't have every Marvel movie, every comic book movie end on a fight on a roof somewhere against a giant being from outer space right i mean it would get so old it would just get so like here comes galactus again i'm gonna punch him in the face and do the you know i mean it's almost like the movie that killed that was actually dr strange Mm. at the end of dr strange he had the time stone and he just kept saying like dormammu i'm coming to kill and and dr strange just keeps getting killed over and over again in the same 20 seconds and it almost like made fun of the end of these marvel movies it's like we can't keep doing this we need to come up with some kind of psych out psychological way to uh, there are going to be forces that can just crush the earth in like a snap of a, uh, of their finger. So we need to talk to these people. And so I believe this Wanda vision is bringing us into that realm, which is awesome. It's bringing us into more heady content, more horror movie content, more stuff that my six year old's not going to get, which is kind of awesome because you know what I mean? It, it, 
at the end of all this Marvel movies, I hope that we can go back, watch them all. And, you know, when our kids, kids grow up, they can show them all in order and it'll be like a fun ride through their childhood. Totally. Totally. Love it, man. Good stuff. Yeah, dude. Good stuff. What else you got um, this week? Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, hold on. Hold on. I'm, oh, not I'm, sorry. You go. I'm not letting you go that easy. So, Chris, was that really Quicksilver? Oh, I'm going to, cause I read, I don't know. I don't know if you, what you read, but there's some theories out there that that was a whole, that was all bullshit. It was just to get us fanboys all psyched up and it's just going to be like a, a quick gag. I think it's actually Quicksilver. Okay. So um, you think that this is a way to recast the MCU and bring the X-Men in and like have Michael Fassbender be. Uh, Magneto. <clears throat> I think I think there's going to be some variation of that. Yeah. Okay. So all right, we'll see. I, I'm on the fence. Do you know who Wanda's dad is? Yes, Magneto. Okay, so so you believe that this is a good way to get that cast in and him to play Magneto? I think it 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 potentially can. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, here's the thing. Like, this is this is why I love Marvel because they can throw these things out there, and I completely trust what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if if DC did something like this, I I would be like, oh my god, what are, the, what are these guys doing? Like, yeah. they're drunk. But um, <laughs> but with Marvel, it's like the, the 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 sick thing is, like, there's a plan in place. We know this. Um, I have no idea where it's going. It's probably going to take five six years to really, you know, maybe even get going with something like this. And I'm on board. Like if I'm, if I'm pushing 50, by the time we figure this all out, I I'll, I'm okay with it. Like, great, let's, let's go. But uh, yeah, no, I, I trust Marvel with everything they're doing right now. Me, me too. Like, I mean, it's so cool. Like, you know, what's neat for me is I'm a giant comic nerd, right? Like, I mean, I'm not a giant, like I don't have like collections of like all the comics, but I like to get like the big, graphic novel collections you know you sure. get like barnes and nobles and i've burned through all those and i loved um i just love burning through all these i've burned through house of m and avengers and all those things nice and it's neat because they have it's not copies so i'm not just sitting here watching it going oh yeah I-, I told you so chris <laughs> and like spoiling <laughs> shit for you in the comics i can't i can't spoil stuff there are like wanda turning kind of semi-bad and not understanding her powers has been a theme in the MCU already, and now it's a mm-hmm. major theme, and that's a theme in the comics. I'm not going to say it's definitely not playing out the way it does in the comics. Like I can't tell you to go read this, and it'll actually be WandaVision. You know what I mean? It's not right. Uh, even WandaVision, or the thing that is based, that made WandaVision that's based in the comics, isn't really this either. It's it's like Vision has his own family and stuff. It, it has nothing to do with Wanda. It's so like, but I love that they're carrying these themes out that we love from the comics, not necessarily the actual plot points. So then mm-hmm. nerd boys can't go like, oh yeah, like you were just saying the spoiler alert shit on the internet. You can't have someone go, oh yeah, check it out and boom, like on the, before the episode drops and have this picture drop before you know. I just Kevin Feige is just a genius. I just love him. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right, man. What else you got? Well, Chris, let's just talk about it. Let's just break down the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh. Maybe the greatest athlete of all time, Chris, right? Oh. Tom Brady won another Super Bowl. Seven, number seven. Number seven. Tenth appearance in the Super Bowl. He's been to one-fifth of the Super Bowls in 
Super Bowl history. Chris, what were your thoughts? What was your reaction? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a jerk. Um, E-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. You know, I, I said this online. I was like, here's, here's, this is what it feels like to be a Jets fan right now. You're watching Tom Brady. If it wasn't cemented already, it's it's official. There's no debate. He's he's not only the greatest quarterback of all time, he's the greatest NFL player of all time. Period. It's done. Um, yeah. You know, no disrespect to Jerry Rice or Walter Payton or Lawrence Taylor, but it's done. Um, but he also did it with the Jets' former head coach as a defensive coordinator, who completely shut down Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that and that ridiculous Chiefs offense looked so unprepared, yeah. so overmatched. Like TV football, it was crazy. It was it was ridiculous. And you know, I compare it to you know when you, you when you saw Peyton Manning go to the Broncos, and you see some of these other quarterbacks do the same thing, where they win it, but they're not like they're not like heavy contributors. You know, when the Broncos right. won that Super Bowl, I don't I don't believe Manning actually played a very good game that day. Um, so to speak, but Brady, like in that first half, that was, that was all him. Like he just lit that team up and he's throwing the ball 20 plus yards down the field to Gronk and and other guys. And I think he threw one pass to Mike Evans. That was ridiculous. Um, And it's just like, you know, he, he earned that MVP. They didn't just settle for him. They, he earned every bit of that award. And um, yeah, it's like, you just, like Pedro said, you know, sometimes you just have to tip your hat and call them your, your daddy. And that's that's how I feel about Brady. It's like, what else can you, you know, like, as a Jets fan, you try to you try to find things to, to you know, faults in the game to, to exploit and say, well, well, he never did it against, you know, these defenses and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, Brady never did it against the, uh, the you know, harder defenses of the 1970s and 80s when rules weren't uh, so protective of quarterbacks. But doesn't matter i mean the game's faster today like right you know I, and it's a different offense where you know those defenses wouldn't keep up with him so i he's it's my belief he's the greatest nfl player of all time now i think what's important a lot of people i saw these preposterous like articles popping up saying like is he the greatest professional athlete of all time of course that, he is that no no i mean that, are you saying it's ridiculous that there's even an article <laughs> i i'm saying it's ridiculous that anybody brought that up um who's better that's just, he, that's just silly i who's mean better than him he has more titles than michael jordan at this point well he's got, he doesn't have more titles than bill russell bill russell is 13 plus bill russell's out of control <laughs> bill russell won eight straight titles um, i actually had this debate i actually had this debate at um I had this debate at work. So there was a thing on, I don't know if it was ESPN or one of the networks, and they were talking about how, you know, LeBron versus Michael Jordan, right? Wow. Like, who would you rather have? And I think that was a big thing coming up. I think it was right before the Super Bowl and stuff. And, you know, of course you want LeBron now, right? The game's faster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You watch games from, like, the 90s. They're just kind of <laughs> – Charles Barkley isn't keeping up with people on the court now. You know what I mean? Like, but Charles Barkley's a beast. You want him on your team. Right. So it depends on which era you're, you're saying. So I was like, do, do I want LeBron James back then? Do you think LeBron James is going to stand on the court while Robert Parrish punches him in the face and, you know, like Kevin McHale is there just elbowing oh. him in the, the nuts and stuff? The, the, the 1983 Celtics were the ugliest, most brutal savages. Like, 
I can just picture them outside a biker bar, and they're seven uh, feet tall. Larry Bird is just ugly, and his mustache, and there's straight up haymakers just under the paint, just just wow, like wailing on people. Love that. Love I don't that. Know if LeBron can hang with that, but MJ dealt with that at the beginning of his career, and yep. he just shut them down. I mean, so it depends on which era. So. Is Brady the greatest NFL quarterback of all time? Yes, but no, in this yeah. era. In this era. And I say that, of course, I'm a Patriots fan. And I say that, like, would Tom Brady do well in the 1970s? No. You need uh, you need a giant beast man. Who? Um, oh, my God, I just told Brainfire. Who's the guy from uh, Pittsburgh? Uh, one oh, Terry times. Bradshaw. So you need a giant hulking man like Terry Bradshaw that in his offseason – is in stuntman movies with freaking uh, <laughs> with Burt Reynolds. You know what I mean? Like you need this six foot five hulking man that could just like the Raiders are coming to town. They're gonna break your fingers. No way Tom Brady's even gonna get on that field. There's no way. Mm-hmm. But in this era, he not only Chris. Let's just let's just break it down. He not only came back with a team that he pretty much built himself, uh, brought people back that wouldn't be back unless he came there. Yeah. He went through. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and then Patrick Mahomes to win the title. I mean, which is those are the three other quarterbacks in this era that you would put up against him in this fast kind of QB safe era. And he just this was probably the most effortless Super Bowl he's won yet, because the one before this was this slogging was it 13 to six. It was terrible. And it was just this brutal defensive game where, I don't know, he's, he threw like 128 yards or some shit. It was just terrible. This one was effortless. How about Gronk? Gronk looked like he oh. he looked better than he has looked in his whole career. He looked like a young man. And then, to did you know this, Chris? Like, um, do you know Gronk is the same age as Travis Kelsey? Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> he, and Gronk was on, I think it was Jimmy Fallon or something like that, and he was saying how... He is still younger than Tom Brady when he he joined the league. So when Gronk <laughs> was a rookie, Tom Brady was 32 years old. Ridiculous. Which is Ridiculous. just crazy. And so Gronk was saying in this interview, he's like, when someone is that old and that experienced and they're like, all right, we're going to do 50 more reps, you can't say no. Because <laughs> if he's doing it, then you got to do it. I then mean, you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, I, I don't know, Chris. Yeah, it's great. it's ridiculous. I mean, the reason why I won't put like one person as like, the best professional athlete or the, the goat of all goats and things like that is again, I think the sports are different and the domination is different and things like that. I mean, you know, and because football is a team sport, do you value that more than an individual competition? Like, like here's a good example. Like, if you take all of Tiger Woods's PGA wins, which is 82, by the way, um, and and put them in a row. <clears throat> he would have won three and a half years of events consecutively. That's how. So the PGA Tour has like twenty some odd events per year. Yep. He would have won three and a half years worth of things in a row if you put them all together like that, which is preposterous. Um, Serena Williams, twenty three, you know, Grand Slam titles. I mean, so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, you can't. I don't know if you can compare goats, but you know, unequivocally, like, there's no debate, like. Well, when we talk about winners. Well, in, I think, yeah, I, I think that's what it is, too. I mean, he will always find a way. I, I mean, yeah. there's something to be said. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I, I know what it's like down in Connecticut. I've watched football down there, you know, surrounded by my family who's all Patriots fans. But then to come up here and 
this <laughs> I mean, I was surrounded by I, I'm always surrounded by Bills fans, Giants fans, what have you up here. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe a Jets fan here and there. <laughs> uh, so, but a lot of Bill. We're in Bill's country up here. Mm-hmm. And um, the fear and the silence that goes over the room when I don't care how, how far down Tom Brady is. I mean, he could be down. Of course, he could be down 25 points going, you know, end of the third. And there is a silence up here. And people stop joking around. They stop making fun of him. They stop making fun of me with my Patriots hat on and they shut up and watch the game because they know his two minute drill is the best two minute drill of all time. Oh yeah. It's and how many times have we seen this? Like just a couple weeks ago, uh, Tampa Bay versus the Packers with the most boneheaded call of all time. You have Aaron Rodgers have him throw a touchdown. It's fourth down and they kick a field goal. And they, you know what I mean? You've seen so many coaching staffs and quarterbacks just F this up, this two minute drill thing. And it's just he is the, he is a winner, and it's just crazy. But yeah. Chris, going back to your point though, you kind of prove your own point wrong. I mean, in golf, you have to be an individual great. You have to mm-hmm. be Serena Williams in tennis. Football is not an individual sport at all. It's right. it's probably the most team based sport ever. I mean, it, it, there's been so many great players on the field who have never won a title, who have never been to the playoffs or once or twice. Right. And I don't know, man, this guy just goes somewhere out of nowhere, builds a team and just wins it. And it's just, I don't know, Chris. I, yeah. You know, I and you know. start to wonder like, you know, how much of his previous success was Brady or, or Belichick at this point? Because, you know, I, I like to use the term cerebral assassin a lot. And when you're in as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady has been in, you become this experienced person to know the psychology that's going through other players' heads, to know what the jitters are, to know, you know, right. how nervous other like, you know, I'll be completely honest. Like, I, I believe that Tom Brady like destroyed anything that Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons could do going forward. I think he did the same to Jared Goff, you know, a couple of years ago, um, in and against the Rams. Like he knows how to tear apart these teams better than anybody else I've ever seen. And, and play with that psychology. I think the only reason why it didn't work against the Eagles was just, you know, dumb luck, honestly. Like, if it wasn't for that Philly-Philly play, we're talking about a, a completely different story. Um, right. So, yeah, no, he just – I think he understands the psychology of the game um, really better than anybody else who's ever played the game, period. And it, I think it's one of those things that it can't be trained. So you're not going to learn what Tom Brady learned in training camp. It's just not possible. You have to come in and, and have all these things, you know, working for you uh, in order to, to get to that point. Um, so it's I, I'm I'm just fascinated by it all. And and I knew right at the, after the first quarter, I knew the game was over. I was like, yeah, eh. once Gronk <laughs> caught the first touchdown, I, I was like, because I had uh, money on Mike Evans to score the first touchdown because he always scores in the red zone. Eleven to one. So fifty five bucks on a five dollar bet. But then I was like, oh. Gronk caught it. It would have been 14 to one odds. And oh, I was yeah. like, damn. Like, I was like, why did I do this? And then he caught the no- the next one. And I was like, this game is over. This game is totally, unless something happens, but I, I'm not seeing it. And then just to, to elevate the status of Leonard Fournette, a guy that should be not running the ball anymore. You know, Jones should have been scoring all those touchdowns. And it's yeah. Chris, you know, what? just to hammer it down and just to, to wrap it up. It reminds me of like, the World Series of Poker. Now, mm-hmm. now, stay with me for a second. 
it you or me, Chris, let's go to Vegas. Let's go, let's go to Atlantic City tonight. You and me <laughs> and Mike G, we're gonna go to Atlantic City, right? The worm, you and me, Mike G. We're all going to Atlantic City. You would like to think that we're all playing the same game. You would like to think that there's 52 cards in the deck. We all have the same odds, but there's a reason why Doyle Brunson is like always in the final table. He's always at the mm-hmm. World Series of Poker. It, he's playing a different game, and it, it's almost like Tom Brady is Doyle Brunson. It's yeah. almost like a joke. Like, why this guy just keeps showing up, and he keeps going to the final table. Why is that? He knows something that no one else knows, and that's that's where we're at, at this point. It's like he he doesn't – he. He's not playing the same game as other people. That, yeah. That's what I want to say. Yeah. I, there's that term, like, we're all playing checkers and he's playing chess. And yeah. uh, that's what it is. So, yeah, no, he's the he's the GOAT and uh, there's no debate about it. So, good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, my, for my next pick, because uh, I was also going to talk about the Super Bowl as well. So, I'm going to cross that off. But um, I've got an interesting thing. So, we did this has almost become an annual thing for us because we did this last year around this time. Um but the the finalists for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame were announced this week. No, they weren't. I missed it. Okay. Yes, they are. So, Ben, I'm going to hit you with the list, and you tell me. Okay, I won't look it up. All right. Who who you tell me yes or no to get in? Okay. Here we go. Okay. Okay. And these some of these are first year eligible. Some of these are your repeats. But so these uh, are just the people that are eligible. These are the people that are finalists. So of finalists. this group, okay, okay, yep, of this it. group, I believe like five or six are going to get in. But here, here's here are all the finalists. Here we go. Jay Z. <laughs> I have such a problem. You know, <laughs> no. If you just want a yes or no, no. No. Okay. There you go. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Remember, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, right. Jay- remember, Chris. Chris, I don't know if you remember, like back VH1. Heyday. I'm going to say VH1 peak, Apex Mountain to VH1. I'm going to say it's like 2005 to 2008. Like it's like Rock of Love is on. Yep. And yep. and do you remember they used to have the Hip Hop uh, the Hip Hop Hall of Fame awards? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. And they did Dr. Dre one year, they did African Bubara, they did like Ice Cube. They yep. it was so cool and I wish uh, it was one of the coolest award shows of all time and I wish they kept that going because I guess I, I get that you want diversity in rock and roll, but it's not there. It's fine. Not everything has to be diverse. Right. And we've talked about that. Like, and when you try to fake diversity or force it, that becomes racist in itself. You know yeah, I mean? that's true. <laughs> like, that's true. Like we, and like we talked about last year, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a great movie. But if you tried to force, I don't know, black people into it, it'd be like, wait, there wasn't any black people on the on the tv in the 60s this doesn't make any sense it's not historically accurate it you know what i mean it, it would sound right. weird and i don't know anyway anyway well, no jay-z no i'm that's just a personal call don't like him so all right out there you go uh mary t blige no no, no? mary j blige mary j blige i guess they're doing the r&b thing <laughs> no absolutely no? okay not. all right there you go uh Foo Fighters. Yes. Okay. Wait, so you don't have to be retired for five years like the Baseball Hall of Fame. You just No, it's just it, right? it has to be 25 years since your debut album. And it's been 25 years. Yeah, Foo Fighters. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Dion Warwick. No. 
No, 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 for, no am I sounding that. racist yet? What's going on? What is it? I mean, you putting, you're painting me into a corner. Into <laughs> the corner. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Iron Maiden. Of course. Of course. All right. Iron uh, Maiden should have been in years ago. Years ago. It should have been. Uh, I think their first album is 1978. I think mm-hmm. Killers is their first album, and uh, I, I know, I think, I know it's their first album. <laughs> and so they were eligible in 1998. That's Good that's Lord. long overdue. It's like you know, like the Moody Blues just got in, and it was like, uh, yeah, they should have been in. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, the Go Go's. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Uh, Kate Bush. Kate Bush. Drawing a blank. Got nothing. Got nothing? She's kind of like a precursor to Tori Amos, in a way. Yeah, I'm all right. No. Okay. Uh, oh, big one. Devo. <laughs> I know sure. how much you like your Devo. All right. Wait. We've been podcasting for a half hour. All right. We got another half hour on our head. <laughs> Devo. It's is... not in the Hall of Fame yet. I know. And, and Eddie Vedder, I've talked about this, when they got inducted, Pearl Jam, he said, Devo's not here yet. That's a crime because we all are Devo. And it is <laughs> Devo is oh, Devo are such innovators. Yeah. They're such it's all about sound with them and the way that your your music makes people feel and like the sound, the shape of your sound. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. It's less about the the image. It's 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 more about the, your image defines the shape of your sound. It's so weird what I'm saying to you right now. And it sounds like wicked abstract, but they don't give a shit about anyone. And Devo are Devo. There is no, oh, you can really see this. And that's how Devo stole their sound. No, <laughs> there is no one before Devo. There is no one after Devo. It is the, only, the, the post-punk techno pop amazing band Devo should be in the Hall of Fame. They are amazing. More people should be listening to Devo. Per- period. Just there you go. That's the way music should be right now. And the I think that's the way music is. I, and Chris, I've talked about this on um, on the air before. Is BBC Six Music Radio is great. They have such a mix of you know new stuff, old stuff. They go into like dubstep, punk rock, everything. And I, I think that's what Devo was. It was just this amalgamation of stuff produced by David Bowie and like Neil Young loved them and just all over the place. They, I don't know. That's my view. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. Uh, Shaka Khan. I don't, it's not rock and roll. I, I, <laughs> what I do. Does she have a rock and roll song? I think she does actually. Hold on. She, I'm going to change Shaka Khan. It's not Khan. She's not just the 80s song that I'm thinking of. She has, I might say yes on Shaka Khan. Rufus. Okay. Yeah, what's is. the song with Rufus? Oh, yeah. I'm Every Woman. Yeah, great yep. song. Yeah. All right, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I, You're in on Shaka, Shaka Khan. Khan. All Shaka Khan all day. Yep. <laughs> all right, love it. Um, all right, uh, Carol King. Of course. Yes, Carol course. King. Um, she's already in there as a songwriter, apparently. So this is oh. putting her in there as a musical artist. So okay. yes, there you go. Um, LL Cool J. 
He was already inducted in that hip hop hall of fame. I think he was like the first inductee. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was like the first class. Yeah, so inaugural class. So he's he's good. He's all set. You know, so, like, so Chris, last year, didn't we just have these? I think didn't so. they just come out? Like the Maybe. Nine Inch Nails thing? Didn't this? Yeah, like the actual awards just came out because they sucked because no one was performing the songs. Right. Right. Yeah, it was just like a kind of. It was like a VH1 behind the music for 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, no one's like, I would have loved to see who would cover Nine Inch Nails live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, just like when he inducted The Cure and The Cure came out and sang their own stuff. I, I don't know. There it is. All right. The New York Dolls. Yes, of course. Yes. Okay. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> yes. Nah, hands down, <laughs> yes. Uh, Chris, what, do you, what do you think of what do you think of Rage Against the Machine going to the Rock and Hall of Fame? Is it too I, hard? I don't think they'd want to be there. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think they'd turn it down. They'd be like, I think oh, Tom Morello. I mean, Tom Morello will want to be there. I don't know about Zach Dela going in there. No, <laughs> Zach Dela will. I think he lives in Peru right now. He's in like sequester. I don't know where he. He's like Judy even, Salinger living under like a hill somewhere under a highway exactly. in New Hampshire. You know, that's a good point. I think I think Tom Morello would have too much respect for the history and the other artists that yeah. are in there to like not not go. But I, I don't foresee them like reuniting for a performance at the ceremony. That I don't think that's going to happen if they get. They in, were so. supposed to. You know, I just saw an interview with Tom Morello. They were supposed to tour in twenty twenty before COVID. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Twenty twenty is just keeps the hits keep on coming. The hits keep on coming. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate everything. Yeah, I um, mean. I'm Chris. Go All right, so Chris, am I, <laughs> you could, just tell me? Am I just being white guy? Am I being racist <laughs> white guy? Just saying, like, what do you call it? Like, like, not, like, not cultural appropriation, but like, no, I'm being racist. It's just straight up racism. Am I just, <laughs> am I just saying no to black artists or? Well, you are. Art- you have no. You inducted Chaka Khan. Like she, she got in. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but Carol King is like kind of R and B too. But well, it's, not, yeah, it's actually know. not your fault. It's not your fault because it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's fault for calling themselves the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Just, they should have just called themselves the the, the music modern hall. modern music Hall of Fame. Modern music Hall of Fame, and then modern music Hall of Fame. I would have no problem with any. No, I would say yes, 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 yes to all these people. Exactly. So there you go. Um, final final nominee, Tina. Turner. Oh, here we go. What do you got? Tina Turner. No. <laughs> no to the rock and roll, but yes to the music hall of fame. Yeah, the modern music hall of fame. She should have been in. I don't know why it's taken this long. I, I don't. I, I maybe for Tina, to, Tina and Ike Turner should be in. They are. The two of them are in there. Done. So <laughs> Tina Turner in the eighties is soft rock R and B, or not soft rock, soft R and B. No. That's the R and B Hall of Fame. Where's the R and B Hall of Fame? Because <laughs> she should be in that. Like, because Chris, wh- how do you define rock and roll music? Oh, gosh, how do you define rock and roll music? I mean, it's. I'll put it this way: it's it's not R and B. It's not right. jazz. It's not right. Right. Hip hop. It's right because they started injecting a couple of jazz people too. It didn't make any sense either. Right. Like, and I'm totally fine if Miles. I think Miles Davis is in the Rock and Roll. It doesn't make yes, any sense. Is. Like, it's so stupid. Like, no, I don't. I don't. He doesn't need it. <laughs> I don't need it. 
we're all set. You don't, you don't, we don't need to be in there. It, for me, what are the instruments you need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Are, are there prerequisite to instruments? No, no. It's it literally the the qual the only uh, requirement is twenty five years since your first album. That's it. I mean, for you personally. Oh, for me personally. Yeah. How do you define rock and roll? Like, if we're going Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, does okay? Here we go. Let's just go through it. Do you need a guitar in your band? Absolutely. Absolutely. You need at least two. At least two. So bass and guitar or two guitars? Like bass, lead guitar, rhythm guitar would be preferable. That would be preferable. But, you, you know, if we got a three-piece, if you have Nirvana, yeah, three-piece, that's fine. Right. That's fine. That's so fine. Let's, say, let's say Nirvana enough. So you need drums, bass, guitar, just instrumentation. Yep. That's it. That's it. And you need at least a couple songs that are verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with a with a bridge in there, yep. With a bridge, if you you know if you want to get fancy or something like that, you know, like Joe Strummer always said, you know, three chords are fine. No wait, two chords are fine. Three is pushing it. So I don't know. I just because if you think of the ori- like the origins of rock and roll, you, you got to go with like the um, like the Sun City origins. You got Elvis. You yep. got um, Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yep. And Carl Perkins. Yep. So I think all rock and roll has to stem from them, those four. Whether it be like Chuck Berry with his guitar, whether it be, you know, anything that you can stem from those guys. You can even get some country in there as long as they, you know, that Zach Brown guy. He's oh yeah, pretty country. Yeah, he's or he's pretty rock and roll. You know what I mean? The guy wails on the guitar. So if they were to say Zach Brown's in in like fifteen, I'd be like, that guy wails on the guitar. All right, I'm uh, you know I'm behind that, but you can kind of fudge a couple things here and there. I know Prince has some R and B songs, of course, but my God, my man could wail on the guitar. You know what I mean? He he has one of the best versions of a Beatles song of all time on the internet. So like, I don't know, Chris. That's my thoughts. There it is. Well, it's interesting. It's always up for debate with this this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and um, you know it. Again, it's it's a stupid uh, name for a Hall of Fame. It's an it's it's located in the most preposterous of places, like Cleveland, Ohio. Like when you think rock and roll, you think Cleveland. I I certainly don't. So um, yeah, it's just stupid. But uh, I don't know why did why do these shows get us so upset, Chris? You know why? Because there's nothing else really to get upset about. Right I, yeah, I know. Well, without getting really, really upset, but uh, exactly. but like you know what? It's because I'm just gonna I'm gonna toot our own horn. Maybe it's because our uh, year end award show that we had on here was so amazing that you know that's true. No got me. That was amazing. That I, I'm still getting compliments I'm right there with on you. still getting compliments on that thing. There it is. So yeah. all right, man. What else you got? All right, this is a great seg- segue. Okay, you ready? Yep. Chris, I haven't asked you this. So one of the best, maybe I brought it up really quick. One of the best albums of last year was uh, the Chris Cornell album of his covers. Mm, mm-hmm. Did you check that out? No, I haven't, but I heard of it. Okay, it's on Spotify. Check it out. And big news a couple weeks ago was a second volume of Chris Cornell covers is coming out. Ooh, okay. Cannot wait. That is huge news. And then Joe Strummer of The Clash. His solo work is getting a greatest hits, greatest hits collection. 
So, you know, The Clash is one of my favorite bands of all time. The only band that matters, that was their moniker. And um, his solo stuff, over the, I'm going to say over the past 10 years, I've been getting way into it. Um, I guess John Cusack, who was a giant Clash fan, actually was very instrumental of him coming back and uh, playing some solo stuff. He just kind of was done and just kind of was ready to retire and just done with it. And then before he passed away very early, he died at like 52 of just like this could, uh, what do you call it? Congenital heart defect that he had mm-hmm. like from when he was a baby, like he, it, it was just like a ticking clock kind of thing. Just boom, gone. Right. Um, which is such a shame. I mean, uh, he, he put out this like, kind of like maybe decade, maybe 15 years of great music and Joe Strummer's like solo stuff, which is on Spotify. Check it out. Really cool stuff. Almost world music. And that's where the clash was going. And it's kind of like a great little punctuation on the end of the clash's career. Uh, Chris, what do you think of posthumous albums coming out from artists that pass away? You know, I think as long as it's done with like the best intentions, I'm, I'm usually okay with it. I mean, you know, you get a lot of, you know, who knows how many, you know, songs were, were, cut from you know various albums and mixes and you know demo tapes and things like that so yeah i think it's i think as long as it's done with the best intentions and also perhaps maybe reveals something new about these artists that we haven't really seen before um i'm usually all for it i think when it's done uh poorly i guess uh is or in poor taste in poor taste like i don't know if you, do you remember like a long time ago they did the um the Frank Sinatra duets album where they would like take out like, so he's, he's already dead, but they would like take his songs and like splice them. So it sounded like he was like singing a duet with Bono or something like that. And (laughs) which is true. Like they did, I've got you under my skin together. Um, That I don't like that. I think it's like, that's in poor taste and, you know, stupid and and it's just trying to make money but i think again if it's done with great intentions and and really for the fans to to see this new you know these artists in a new light perhaps i'm all for it yeah like i just think with the advent of spotify and streaming services there are um miles davis the bootleg series is on there and it's like there are these crazy long takes of some of his songs which are already long and you can hear him like kind of speaking in his raspy voice, like changing the key and yelling at the bass player and calling him a motherfucker, like all these things. <laughs> it's so great. And like, I think, you know, before now, it'd be like kind of like silly to get like an eight CD set of all these things. But now with stream music, it can be released and you can play it over and over again. And I mean, just recently, speaking of Joe Strummer and um, Chris Cornell, uh, Jimi Hendrix keeps popping out albums and it's all these demo things that he was working on. Like the guy was a working beast in the last yeah. three years of his life. It, there, I just heard a song called angel that I'd never heard before by Jimi Hendrix. Maybe I heard it before, but it's on his 1971 album, which isn't like an official album. It's like demos that he was cutting, like getting ready for his next album before he passed away. And you know what, Chris, I just say, keep them coming. Cause I just love doing deep dives on Spotify and online. I just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, did you have anything else? Those are all my topics I had this week. Cause we, oh. we zipped through mine, but what else? Did you have anything else this week? Before uh, we get into YouTube? Oh, you know what? Really quick. Just 
Uh, Zack Snyder calls out the fakers who hated on his Justice League. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So now he's calling out. So, you know, we've talked about how we just don't care about this Justice League director's cut. Yep. Zack Snyder doubling down on this Justice League movie and just saying that we are all fakers. We're fake fans of, of comic books if we didn't like his movie. Oh, screw what you. you. What do you think of that? <laughs> screw you, Zack. I haven't liked your last three movies. Yeah, well, you're a, you're a faker. You're a fa- you don't actually you actually don't like movies. How about apparently that? Apparently, I don't like movies because you know, watching his slog uh, is you know, God, I hate Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that article. I was like, I have to bring that up on air. He was like, yeah, these fa- oh the the whole quote is terrible. The whole like oh it's it's so awful. Wait, <laughs> what is that like, on? Oh, it's on Cinema Blend. You got oh, oh my God, it's terrible. Zack Snyder, the problem with his movies, and again, 300, fine. Great movie. Right. Really entertaining. But as soon as like Watchmen came out, I was like, mm, I'm starting to get worried here. And then like Sucker Punch, which is not even a movie. It's like a three-hour you know. I never video. watched that. I, I've never seen it. Oh, it's awful. It's, it's unwatchable. <laughs> if you lose it, here's the thing. That you should, with Sucker Punch... You should put it up as like a punishment for a bet. Like if you lose, you have to watch Sucker Punch. Is it um, worse than? Is it worse than the little things? <laughs> what What would you rather watch right now? Oh God, I choose death. I choose uh, neither. I choose death. <laughs> Just you're gonna have me kill you. All right. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> it's it's bad. So yeah, no. I mean, I screw you, Zack Snyder. I I I hate it. Every take he had on all the characters, um, yeah, no, he he single handedly ruined the DC universe. He's put the studio so far back from Marvel; it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, and it's not even close. It's not at this point. Just wrap it up. To wrap ra- it up, yeah. Wrap wrap it up and and do like a different direction. Maybe come out with amazing video games. How about like amazing yeah. RPG video games or or. Uh, like AR video games, the altered reality, like like a Pokemon, Pokemon Go DC game. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's just you have this brand, you have this IP. Just might as well do something different with it because at this point, just stop. Yeah, and like all these DC guys try to do this where they're like, you know, screw Marvel or screw people that you know think they're real comic book fans and they don't love you know my shit. Um, I, I like that guy. The director of Suicide Squad, who was like, "Screw Marvel! Like this is oh. this is where it's at." I'm like, "Really?" And then you watch Suicide Squad, you're like, "Really?" <laughs> like, it's so uh, terrible. Oh, I just I hate I hate everything Zack Snyder. I never so. watched the um well, the Birds of Prey. Did you watch that? No, too? I refuse. I refuse I, to I'm watch not any watching of that. Stuff. that. I'm not. I, I watch everything. I'm not watching that movie. I refuse. I I, I mean. God, I, I I watch every movie. You, Chris, you know. I mean, sitting behind me, I have something weird video, like video collection. I have. Do uh, you know who El Santo is? Yeah, he's the Mexican wrestler, and he came out with these movies in the '60s where he fights Dracula and Frankenstein. Yep. I have. Yep. I own those on DVD. I'll watch everything, and I own everything in my basement. I will not watch that movie. <laughs> oh my God! You know, uh, here's what. This is what I compare that quote to. You know, like you and I run kind of in the same circle of 
of sports fandom. So, like, we're both Red Sox fans, okay? Right. Well, we're New Englanders. We're, I we're mean, New England, Jets, New Patriots, we're, 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 you know, a drive away from each other. Right? But, like, you and I have probably been in similar discussion groups when, like, when talking about the Red Sox greats of our youth would get someone would be like, well, if you're a real baseball fan, you would have loved, you know, uh, what Kirby Puckett was doing in Minnesota. <laughs> or like, you know, well, I know you like David Ortiz, but did you ever see Kirk Gibson in his prime? Like, right. th- like this is the this is that level of annoyance I have with comments like what Zach Snyder is saying. Like, we're all dumb because we don't get his his art, so to speak. Um so yeah, screw you. I mean, these are things I, I would not hesitate to say to Zack Snyder to his face. You know what? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this out later on today. Screw you. Screw you, Zack Snyder. No one wants to. I'll you send know. you the full quote, and you'll get so fired up. Like it's oh a whole God. paragraph about how real fans have my back, and these people just this fanboy culture. You know what? Like it's people like him that give fanboys a bad name. Like fanboy is a good thing. Like fanboy. Yeah. You should have like a big discussion of like where, you know, the Star Wars cinematic universe should be going. Like you, these are great discussions because you get people like John Favreau, and like Kevin Feige, and like all these people that are and Dave Filoni that are directing and care about things. They like they just don't put shit out on a piece of paper, shit it out on the screen, fuck up the end of the Watchmen movie, and then just say, "Oh, you guys are dicks because you didn't like my movie." Like. That's that's messed up way. Like when you actually care about what people think, you have to have a little bit of that. You can't go right. super. Listen, no matter how avant garde David Lynch is, he still cares about his audience. He still wants to have people have a good time. Right. You know what I mean? Like he still wants to have people be freaked out by Bobby Peru. Like he still wants. <laughs> people, like he's not like Fellini. He's not going in here like just creating this crazy nonsense like what the fuck is going on and tweaking but even Fellini was trying to have people's brains like kind of altered like and have their viewpoints like different like and trying to change cinema by making something different Zack Snyder's just shitting on a piece of paper and putting it out on the screen well and what annoys me and I'll 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 stop after this because I I could keep you know I could talk about this for the entire episode I thought we were done with topics but apparently I opened Um, the Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Zach. Um, <laughs> he had three chances to get it right. So yep. they signed him to this deal. He does Man of Steel, which is like ironically the best of his entire series. That's like the, the best movie. That's easily the best. Easily the best movie of the three. But there were real problems. And after that movie came out, like fans were very vocal about like the direction of where this could possibly go. And then we all got ridiculously psyched up for Dawn of Justice. That movie comes out and you're like, oh my God, tell me this is not what we're doing. And again, fans are very vocal about this displeasure. And the problem is Zack Snyder being the cocky asshole that he is never listened. Like he never listened to what the fans were saying and just plowed ahead with his vision of these characters and put it in the absolute garbage. Marvel, on the other hand, actually plots this stuff out, listens to their um, fans, hires the right people. They release it on a schedule that makes sense. I mean, my God, Ben, as soon as we're done with WandaVision in a couple weeks, 
like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is right there for us. And that commercial I, looked gave me the chills when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> like literally the week after the season finale of WandaVision is the season premiere of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we are going from one to one. And oh, by the way, as soon as Falcon and the Winter Soldier is over, Black Widow gets released in the theaters or yep. possibly on Disney Plus. So Marvel knows what the hell they're doing with all this. DC has no idea. Like you should the fact that Zack Snyder's cut of this movie is coming out should prove to you how DC and Warner Brothers has no idea what they're doing at this point by giving Zack Snyder a fourth try at getting this right. And I'm you know, you could add I think I I read somewhere that like the Snyder cut's gonna add like 14 minutes of footage. 14 minutes is not going to sway the entire right. Movie. It reminds me of the stupid uh, Godfather 3 cut that came out with it. It's like, oh, oh yeah, we went back. And I totally revamped. No! Unless you cut out the whole opera, I'm going to kill the Pope scene, this movie's shit. And then just, mm -hmm. unless you kind of reverse CGI'd Winona Ryder's face onto Sophia Coppola's head, this movie's going to be bad. So, and then they, I read an article, they didn't do it. I'm like, fuck, this movie's still shitty. <laughs> Still shitting. So yeah. you can you can add a half an hour. You could add an hour to Justice League as long as much of that movie remains uh, with those characters, with that casting, with that director, with that writing. It's never going to work. So you know, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what. Uh, oh God, you sent me the quote. I'm going to have to read this later. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make this quote into a poster. Put it on my wall so it like motivates me. Yeah, every morning when I get up. Exactly. Again. Like, <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, you can catch yourself. Wait a second. Am I being a little too Zack Snyder today? Jeez. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? If we didn't learn anything from Donald Trump, right? Mm -hmm. One, you gotta get out of any echo chamber you're in, right? If you're yep. like surrounded by people that are just yes men, we gotta get out of there, right? Two, if at any point in your life someone tells you you're being a douche. And you go to double down or even triple down in Zack Snyder's case. Ugh. You might want to rethink that. You might want to just take a step back and go, all right, hold on. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't triple down on me being a douche right now. My God. Yeah. yeah. It's, wait till you read that article, Chris. You're going to love it so much. Oh, God. Yes. Great. Well, let's go YouTube, my friend. Let's, let's go do YouTube, it. baby. Let's do it. Um, real quick, I've got only uh, two. Um, quick because I have like twenty, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. First thing I want to I want everybody to check out is a a, a um, account called uh, Ten Second Songs, and this is a guy who's an incredible vocalist, incredible guitarist, um, who does like popular songs, but he does them in like multiple music styles in a row. So like he'll do like Bohemian Rhapsody in 42 different ways. And so it'll, he'll start the song, you know, original vocals and, and, and sing it. And then it'll transition it into like jazz. And so you hear like, like 16 bars of Bohemian Rhapsody in jazz or opera or, you know, heavy metal and things like that. And it's actually kind of cool. And it makes you really appreciate musicianship and singing and, and he's oh. a ridiculous vocalist. So, um, he does, he does a lot of songs on there. Um, like I just watched the one he did of, um, the weekend's uh, blinding lights, which was really good. So yeah, 10 second songs, check him out. He's great. Um, two other things, uh, not really YouTube and related, but the, but streaming related. Uh, we talked about, you know, HBO now kind of doing some good stuff and, and yeah. trying to get to do good stuff. Well, they were very smart and put 
almost all the Godzilla movies on available on HBO now. So I like, didn't know that. Wait, wait, the old ones? The old ones. No. So like, I think there's at least six of them on HBO right now. Oh, six. I mean, there's like six hundred I mean, of them. I, I know, it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think like one of them is. Uh, Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla, uh, the original, like the original, original Godzilla. Uh, so Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. So definitely, if you love Godzilla, especially the old ones, uh, check out HBO Max right now because it got some good stuff. Uh, and final, uh, non YouTubing, non streaming, just just some news I found out today. I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, so Ben, Matrix Four is coming out next year or this year. Yep. Uh, the, do you, would you like to know the title of the Matrix Four? Because they announced. It- is it Too Fast, Too Furious or something? No, no. It's just called Matrix. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Wanna... If Larry Fishburne's out, I'm kind of out too, Chris. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of scared. Are you scared? I just, well, after that title, yeah. I, you know, not not that you rebooted and reloaded were like, you know, so deep in creativity, but hey, really, you're just going to call listen. Matrix. I mean, we had the Fast and the Furious, and then we had Fast and Furious. Stupid. And that movie was freaking amazing. So that's I true. Mean, oh, that's true. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Cool. What do you got, my man? What do you got for? Uh, all doing? right. So, Chris, uh, you know, we we cheated a couple times this week, and uh, I sent you the one dollar ice cream around the world video. Mm. So this is from Buzzfeed video. Buzz Buzzfeed video. Eight minutes long. They have a great series around the world series and they do coffee, they do desserts, they do breakfast, they do everything. Chris, what did you think of the ice cream video? <laughs> you know, I'll put it this way. If you, if you live in those countries and that's what you like to eat, more power to you. But if I'm a tourist and I'm looking at you, uh, I'm not ordering hardly anything. I saw that video. I'll put it that it way. It was wild. I love it. You know, and I've seen a lot of things. I love watching these videos. I love watching Anthony Bourdain or the strange food guy. I, I love all that stuff. And I, I have a pretty wild palate. Like I'll, I'll eat anything. There's, there's only a few things that I don't eat. Like I'll eat anything sushi. And, uh, Oh, actually this, um, this pandemic, Chris, check this out. We have a really good Chinese place in town. Sh- shockingly good Chinese place in central New York. Mm. And I went through the whole menu. Nice. So I know everyone orders China orders the same thing like beef lo mein or some shit. I went through every single thing on that menu. So I, I'm pretty adventurous and never have I ever, I think it was the Philippines, never have I ever seen ice cream on a giant piece of white bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. And she was like, and the girl's like, oh, it's such a cold day. It's so refreshing. I'm like, what are you what, carb loading with ice cream? Like, what are we doing here? Like, we can run a marathon or something. <laughs> love it. I love it so much. I love I mean, it. A brief moment, I thought to myself, "Is that good? Like, should I try that at home?" Like, <laughs> that white bread was so huge; it was so thick. <laughs> oh god! Unbelievable. But um, you know what? I have so many videos, but you know what? I want to do that one, Chris, and then I want to break down some more music. It's a music-centric uh, podcast this week. Yeah, I love it. I want to break down um, these guys. I found them on. I don't know how I found them. Found them on Spotify. I think they just popped up either on YouTube or Spotify. The Delvin Lamar Organ Trio. Hmm. Chris, you got to check these guys out. Okay. So it's um, this guy uses a real Hammond organ, like a real old school one. And there's a guy on guitar called Jimmy James. And these guys are just funky dudes. 
and they're amazing. They do this amazing version of Careless Whisper. Ooh, okay. And it's so awesome. As you know, I'm a giant jazz head, right? But I, there's something so pure about these guys. They're really funky. They actually sound like um, like Beastie Boys instrumentals. You know, like on Check Your Head? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. The, the, the ones with the organ, and they're just kind of like, like in threes. All those instrumentals has that vibe and this video is the delvin lamar organ trio full performance live on kexp 38 minutes they have so many live videos chris they only have two albums i think they're my new favorite band like they are just <laughs> out of control like their whole vibe like their covers everything about them love them can't wait chris i don't know about you i can't wait for live music again i can't wait to see these like <laughs> yeah. These are these are the guys I'm going to see like right off the bat. So the Delvin Lamar organ trio, just Google them, put it on in the background while you're like folding laundry or something. You're going to freak out. It's awesome. Nice, good stuff, there man. You go, good dude. stuff. Well, that's going to do it for this week on uh, Desk with Seeking Entertainment. But uh, again, you can follow this podcast, all of our podcasts, on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network, onstageblog.com, also on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you basically absorb podcasts. We are on there. But Ben, thank you so much for your friends. Thanks, man. It was freaking great. And we'll see you folks right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.